This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's take a trip down memory lane this hour to when President Obama absolutely tore George W. Bush limb from limb for his, quote, unconscionable ineptitude during Hurricane Katrina, where people were dying and he didn't care. We'll take that trip down memory lane as President Obama is currently out on the golf course while the floods ravage Louisiana and the coffins are going down the street. We'll talk about that and also the next generation, the one who I believe is going to fight the battle for America and her soul. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. By the way, deny, 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 then, uh, you know, a little while later, you just admit it and nobody cares. Hey, does anybody care that uh, it, the White House admitted yesterday that, uh, I, you know, that money for the hostage thing, Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was for the hostages. Was for the hostages. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't really care, okay. though. Do you? I mean, it's so yesterday. What difference does it make now? It really wasn't for the hostages. It was just leverage. We just. Oh my yeah, gosh. Sure, they were released after oh, the payment. Sure, they were released after the payment. I, oh my gosh! It's unbelievable. It it is un unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, <laughs> All right, I want to talk to you about, can I just take you guys through a theory that gets me to a question that I cannot answer? Okay? Sure. This has everything to do with current politics, but I want to start, I want to take us to a really weird place, uh, a place where you might go, wait a minute, wait a minute, is it wrong to pull the lever for Donald Trump? I'm not there, but I can't answer the question why, okay? Now, let me take you through this. Remember what the Kondrakiev wave is? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Kondrakiev wave is an a economic wave that uh, uh, just goes up and down. It was uh, done by Stalin's economist who said uh, uh, the capitalism is better because uh, it burns itself down to the ground every so often in cycles, and it allows the entire economy to reset, where, capital, where communism just keeps propping up the old bad stuff, and so the systems never renew. Okay, We know that to be true uh, from history, the Kondrakiev wave. And you can take the Kondrakiev wave all the way back to, I mean, the, 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 the furthest back in monetary history 
and you can see the Kondrakiev wave, and it stays consistent. And it, the Kondrakiev wave is where you get green shoots. There's, there's the four seasons of the economy. There is uh, spring, summer, fall, and winter. Spring is the new ideas. Spring was really in the 19, uh, the 1980s, where, where new ideas and the entrepreneurs and, and we've got the tech um, uh, we have the tech world coming online, 18, uh, 1980s, 1990s, and then you have the drop and the bubble, okay? These things happen, and they go all the time. So you have spring of the new idea. Then you have summer, which is, it's never going to end. The 1950s was the big uh, 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 summer period in America, 1940s. Uh, it's building up the, the industrial might of America. The spring is coming on, and all of a sudden we have industrial might in the 1950s, and then the 1960s we're going to the moon, and everything seems good, like it's never going to end. Then you hit the 1970s, and in the late 60s you start to see the fall off. You start to see the signs of, uh-oh, there's trouble coming. In the 1970s, it crashes, and you have winter, and then it bursts again about 1984 into spring. Okay, that's the Kondrakiev wave. Now, somebody took the Kondrakiev wave, uh, a, a, um, a, a social scientist, a guy who studies um, um, generational cycles, and he said, I wonder if people repeat patterns for each season, okay? So he, he found that, he, and he went way back, and let me just give you the last hundred years. People who were born in 1901 to 1924, they were born at that time. They're the hero generation. And that's the generation that was coming of age in the Depression and fought World War II. Okay? The greatest American generation. Then those who were born in 24 to 1942, they were the artist generation. This is the generation that is, um, uh, that is really kind of pampered a bit um, and taken care of when mom and dad or, or dad came back from war and, and they had no ice cream during the Depression and then the war. They pampered these kids and they let them, you know, they let them uh, be free and, and, and uh, dream about this new world, and they start building this new world in the spring. These are the guys who are coming up in the 1950s, um, and, uh, and they're, um, they're strong, but they're traditional, and they were born from the, 19, uh, the 1940s heroes, okay? That's their parents, the heroes, um, but they're pampered because the heroes want to forget and they all say, I don't want my kid to have to go through what I went through. The artists give birth to what are called the prophets. And these are people that were born from 1943 to 1960. These people are the ones who envision a whole new world, a whole new world where it's all love and harmony and it's beautiful and, and let's have free sex and they, they go way off the deep end, okay? And they reject everything from the heroes and the artist generation. They reject their grandparents and they reject their parents. And they break everything. The next one, those kids, those kids, the prophets, 
they have children and they raise what's called the nomads. Now, we're, if you're my age, you're a nomad. Nomads were, were born from 1961 to 1981. Nomads were raised mainly by those uh, parents who are like, oh, you know, I don't, I, I don't worry about my children. We don't, we don't have rules in our house. We, we let them smoke pot. Or, you know, little Jenny doesn't have to wear pants until she's 14. <laughs> um, and they, they are they're doing their thing and finding themselves. And so the kids pretty much are latchkey kids. Okay. And, the, and by the way, these are all broad generalizations based on someone else's theory. Just uh, no, these are, these are actual um, uh, uh, categories. Not everybody fits in that generation, but it is a generalization of that generation. Right, yes, okay? that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the uh, nomad and the prophets become very much me generation. Hero and artist are us, okay? Because they are coming out of something horrible, and so they're much more the we generation. Prophets and nomads are the me generation. Um, and so the nomads have kind of grown up by themselves. They've kind of, you know, done their own thing. This is a generation that just gets the job done, and they are very independent. They, are, they don't wait around for anybody because their parents weren't really there. And they just get it done. And they're tired of waiting for other people to do it. I can do this so much faster. If I just, just leave me alone, I'll do it. Okay? That's the nomad. We give birth to the next hero generation. Okay? And if you line these up with the Kondrakiev wave, the hero generation is born um, from 1982 to 2003. Just before the Kondrak, at the end of the summer, if you put on top the Kondrakiev wave of economics, the heroes are born just at the tail end of uh, summer and fall and just before winter comes, okay? So they come of age when winter is here because those are the ones that take us through winter and then plant the new seeds for spring. Now, because we have screwed with the, the, the wave of economics, the wave of natural economics, we have pushed fall up. We've pushed and stretched fall out, okay? It, it, we haven't hit the natural place. We should have hit it in 07, but we didn't. We bailed everything out. So the next one that's coming, there's not enough money to bail it out. And when it collapses, it's going to collapse really hard. Our kids are going to face what the greatest generation faced. Now, the nomads that were born in the 1800s that gave birth to the heroes last generation between 1901 and 1924, those guys, they were rock-solid people, okay? They were rock-solid um, people that were the doers of their generation, that we're at the end of the Industrial Revolution. They were the ones who built the railroads and everything else, okay? So if our kids are the heroes, that means because every role has to play a part. In this next, in this next downturn, the prophets, which are the hippies, the, the Bill Clintons, the Hillary Clintons, the Bernie Sanders, all the hippies, okay? According to the wave of history... If the prophets don't sacrifice 
for the future generation, if the prophets don't say, you know what, I'll suffer for it. I'll suffer for it. It was really kind of my fault too. So I'll suffer for it. I want to give it to the kids. Um, Then the heroes are not prepared to do their job. But it is the nomad generation that is the one between that says to the parent for the child, Grandpa, Grandma, I'll take care of you. We'll work it out. Let them go. They've got to do their thing, and they've got to plow the fields. So the family sacrifices for the hero generation, and the hero generation sacrifices for everybody and pulls you through. Whether it is the, And this cycle, by the way, it goes back, and you look at it. it. The hero generation was the Revolutionary War generation. It was the Civil War generation. It was the World War II generation. And it's this generation. Okay? So... I want to go, I want to say, what is our role as nomads? What is our role with our kids? If you knew your kids were going into battle, they were going into the Great Depression, they were going to fight um, uh, fascism and communism that our very, our very lives, the, our very way of life would be at stake just as it was in World War II and you knew it in advance, what would you teach your children and how would you teach it? Now, I put a list together, but I came to the last one and I stumbled upon a loose thread. And inconsistencies always bother me. And this is stuck in in between my teeth and I can't figure it out. And... I want to start pulling on this thread, which may unravel everything I've said. I don't think so, but I want to get your opinion on it. We'll go there in just a second. First, our sponsor this half hour, Casper. When is the last time that you purchased a mattress? When you did, did you do what I did about two years ago that really pisses me off because I paid a fortune for this bed? And I loved my experience of going into the bedding store and laying on the bed and having people, as I'm laying there for 20 minutes, having people come up and me, are you Glenn Beck? I'm like, yeah, and this isn't awkward at all with me on the bed. This is nice. Um, it, it was awful. And I picked the bed that I thought I liked, but it, it, I don't like it. I mean, I slept on it, and after about a month, I'm like, okay, I don't really like this bed, but what do I do? I just keep it. I just keep it because it's a hassle, blah, blah, blah. I've got to take it back to the store and everything else. Crazy. Then Casper came along. I paid probably about 20% of what I paid for the other mattress that I got at the store. Casper is a much better mattress. I absolutely love it. My wife loves it. Pat has one. He loves it. He's got a really bad back. Um, you'll, have, you'll get a great night's sleep. It is the invention of the year, and they've cut out all the middlemen. It's between you and Casper. And here, here's the deal. If you don't like it, you have 100 nights. If you don't like it, they come and pick it up and refund every single penny. 
I want you to go to Casper.com and use the promo code BECK. You'll get an additional 50 bucks off if you just use the promo code BECK. Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. Promo code BECK. Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment, entertainment. and enlightenment. And enlightenment. We are the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. to the Glenn Beck program. I talked to a I talked to a guy who is 101 or is 103 how old was he? 101. 101. He was 101 years old and chippy? I learned yeah chippy. I learned so much from that guy. He sees we should have him here. He is so brilliant. Um, but um, he uh, he remembers all of these phases. He he recognizes this. So before I get into what is our role, let me make sure that everybody understands. Can do you can you summarize, Stu? I mean, yeah, I think the easiest way to look at it is the way the seasons are. Spring, we all know things are, it's the, where new growth is happening, summer, uh, then it comes down to fall, and then it's winter, everything has to reset, and then you have to have that new group of, with the, with the generations, it's people and heroes uh, that bring us back from the abyss. Take us through winter into spring. Right. So right, the, what you're mainly talking about are the heroes, the heroic generation, and their parents. Yeah. Anybody born between 82 and 2003. Now, we don't know because we've never screwed with the Kondrakiev wave through socialist and, prop, you know, and propping things up, except in the Great Depression. But it still worked in the Great Depression. The heroes should have been born and ended right before the winter hit. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But the people who have children now, you are now training the heroes that are going to bring America to one place or another. Okay, And it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with the greatest American generation. And if you read the fourth turning, you'll see you'll you'll see the whole track. I mean, I think they take it back to almost like ancient Troy. I mean, they take it back hundreds of years, and you can see it. It hits every time. So, if I knew that I I was going to send my kid to fight the Nazis, to fight communism, um, to fight in the Great Depression, to hold everything together, to be optimistic through all of that. And to be the one that you put all of the chips. What would I teach my child? Think of equipping them. And you're equipping them for this battle. What do you give them? What do you teach them? And how do you teach them? I made a list 
I would teach them these. I think these are essential if you're going into the Great Depression and World War II. Integrity. Have to have integrity. You have to know history. The history of your country. The history of the world. Otherwise, you're going to get confused and lost. You have to know history. You have to have amazing amounts of courage. Um, you also have to have righteousness. You, you, you have to be a generation that is, that is good. Because if you're not a righteous generation, things aren't worth fighting for. Germany, look what happened. They just fell in with whatever the path that was that was easiest and he'll fix it for us. And it, it went to the Nazis. You Not only righteousness, but you have to teach them right versus wrong. And beyond that, how do you tell the difference between right versus wrong when things are all shades of gray, or so it seems, when those two philosophies or those two items have been switched? How can you find out what the truth is and what's right and what's wrong? How to listen to the Spirit, to trust God, with firm reliance on divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's God. That's trusting God. Then teach them Martin Luther King, Lincoln, and men of peace. And then the last one, what I want to get to when we come back. Because this is where the thread starts to come undone for me. We'll talk about all of these and the last one when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. If you just joined us, listen. Go back to the podcast and listen to the first half hour. Um, we could give you historic evidence that shows that we are on the verge of a massive collapse um, and massive global change. And the children that we are raising now will be remembered as the heroes, the greatest American generation of the nineteen thirties and forties. So, if you know that. My question is, how, what do you teach these heroes? If you knew, and we do, that trouble is coming, how do you prepare them for that war? I made a list. The kids have got to have integrity. They have to. They have to have their trust because they will lose everything else. They have to know history or they'll be too easily conned. They have to, be, they have, to have courage for what they're about to see. Um, they have to have righteousness. They have to know the difference between right and wrong and how to decipher the difference between right and wrong. They have to know how to listen to the Spirit. They have to trust God or they won't have any courage. They have to um, be taught how to make peace and when it's right to make peace. Lincoln, after the Civil War, he didn't say get him. He said, with malice toward none and charity toward all, let's heal this land. Martin Luther King, 
in the beginning with Malcolm X saying, kill them all. Our kids have got to know Martin Luther King and, and Lincoln for the roundup or for the, the buildup of trouble, what's happening on our streets right now, the kill them. They've got to know Martin Luther King, not Malcolm X. And for the end of this, how do we piece it all back together? The last thing I would teach my kids is how to listen and compromise. Now, I'm not sure. I know listening is important, and I think compromise is important. And it brought me back to the, the, the first American hero generation. That was the, according to the wave of generations, the hero generation, the first American one, was our founding fathers. And so I started thinking about that. And I thought, well, they didn't compromise. And then I thought, yes, they did. A big compromise that is always thrown into our faces. The three-fifths compromise that blacks are only three-fifths human. And a lot of the founders said, are you out of your mind? You can't compromise on this. Other founders said, if we don't compromise, we have no country, none. And so you want a country, we have to do that. Now, they put in the three-fifths and they stopped slavery within 15 years. They put in the Constitution... No more sale of slaves in this country by, I think, 1808, Pat, do you remember? 1808. 1808. Mm -hmm. Um, So the slave trade stopped on that compromise. They stopped the slave trade. They just didn't release the slaves. But that's why they put the three-fifths compromise in there, because they said, okay, we'll be able to grow in population. You're not going to be able to count all of the slaves. So we're going to be able to vote it out at some point. All right? This whole thing started with me trying to think, what do I need to do to prepare my kids? And then as I started listening to this, I thought, the only way, I can't teach my kids integrity. You teach your kids integrity by what you do, not what you say, but what you do. You need, you need to see courage and integrity, um, and trust in God when everything is going against you, that you make the tough choice because you have integrity. And the only way our kids will really know that is if they see us do it. If they see us agonize over something and do something because we believe it is right and righteous and and our integrity cannot be purchased. And against all odds, against everyone, we stand with courage because we know all will work out. If God, if we are on God's side, not him on our, not, not us, uh, uh, not him on our side, but us on his side. So this immediately leaves me to think, okay, so wait a minute, that strengthens me on the Trump argument. Okay. I cannot let my children see me compromise on integrity, on courage, on righteousness, on the, on right versus wrong and how to detect right versus wrong, can't do it. But then I get to the last one, listening to the other side and compromise. You have to make compromises. And I immediately heard in my head people who have said to me over and over again, Glad we won't have a country left. Well, I don't agree with that. I mean, I don't think we have a country left that we recognize, but that country has already been lost, gang. I'm, I'm past the mourning stage. I'm already into acceptance. That We are in America 2.0. We're there already. We're there already. I don't want to go into fascism. 
I don't want to go into total state control. So if I compromise and I say, okay, he is the lesser of two evils, which I don't believe, I think they're both equally as dangerous. We cannot predict what either of them will do because we are going into war. We are just, I know people don't believe me. Fine. We're going into war. We're going to have economic collapse and we're going to have unrest on the streets. You don't know what either one of these two will really do when their back is up against the wall. Okay. How do you rectify, Pat? Compromise. Do we teach our kids They were getting into bed with bad people. They compromised on slavery. Is there anything worse than slavery? Donald Trump's never come close to a slave owner. No. Um. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is bad. (laughs) I I have an answer to this, but I wanted to hear it from you first. Slavery into it. I know. I know. But that's that's what our founder did. That's what our founders did. They were dealing with a bigger evil than we are on either side. Definitely. And they compromised. So why wouldn't we? Oh, I... (sighs) But did they compromise? I mean... Yeah, they wanted half of them, half the the country. The founders were at exactly the same place that we are now. Where half of them, they had a real split. They had a real split. People were at each other's throats on that going, you are selling out your righteousness. How are we going to expect? I tre- because I know God is just, I tremble for my country. That's why that was said. Yeah. So I, I, well, there you have it. I don't know that I even understand your question. Yeah, I, I, you don't? I, I, so you're comparing? No, I'm saying, I'm saying... The, 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 the idea back then was you're not going to have a country mm-hmm. to be able to do anything. And that's what, and people, that's are what people are saying now. now. Okay. They're saying you're not going to have a country. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, right, right, right. Um, but um, you're not going to have a country if Hillary gets in. So if that's what you believe, why wouldn't you compromise? With what? What with you, saying, with, look, I think he's a really bad, bad guy. Really bad guy. I agree, Glenn, with everything you've said. But we're not going to have a country left. So you should be voting for Donald Trump because I am. If you think Donald Trump's a considerably better option and has a better chance no, of success. No, that's not what they said. That's not what they said. They, they compromised with slavery. They didn't think that slavery was, was good. They wanted to stop slavery. You're at... You're acting as if, and I think this is a this is an argument I have with, with people who you know on our side of the argument that support but but support Trump. You're acting as if he's better. He's not a compromise because he's not better. He's no better than her, not at all. You can't trust one word the man says. There is no reason to here's believe they, him on any they, of these. Here's things. how they reason. There's a chance. Because we've never right. seen him in action. We've seen chance. him in action for a long time, yeah. doing a lot of different yeah. things. But again, I, I'm not trying to convince people of that at this point. If this is what you believe, I think the absolute 100% of why people believe that is the R after his name. Traditionally, yes, Republicans to them are better than Democrats, as they are to me. Yeah. 
so that because he's running as a Republican, we're applying those past historical things to him. But well, I he reject, does not deserve I reject that compromise. I do, too. Is I'm, gonna, I'm going to compromise and vote for somebody else. I, I'm going to right. vote my conscience. So it's really not a compromise for me because I'm going to stick to the other things, integrity and righteousness and right versus wrong and trusting in God. And I'm going to trust God by voting for somebody else and hoping that that's the right thing and he'll bless our nation for it. That's where I am. That's where I am. And I, I, I looked at the compromise, and, uh, and, and uh, I didn't know if you would agree with this even, Pat. I've been waiting to talk to you about this because I wanted to hear your opinion. Um, I came to the place on this compromise was when they compromised, they had it in writing on paper, and they actually moved the ball significantly forward. Yeah. And they also didn't put slavery in charge and they really didn't have a nation right if right. They, they really didn't if they didn't come up yeah. with the agreement so but but the important thing was is that the founders were they were righteous and they still were in charge of the nation so they knew they had the levers right they weren't trust they didn't say if we give the nation if we make this compromise and then give the nation to south carolina yeah to finish the deal uh, then, you know, then we're going to be fine. We could trust South Carolina. No, no, no. It was still George Washington, Madison, Adams, Jefferson. It was still those guys in charge. We don't have what we're being asked to compromise on is our principles and then to trust the person that is now going to be in charge on just their word, which they have a, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's the same. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think, you know, honestly, you have to ask yourself. If Donald Trump did exactly what he's done, every word the same, but ran through the Democratic primary and was the Democrat nominee, would you want him to be president? No. And, the, and I, every single person in this audience would say no to that. Yeah. Every everybody, everybody in this audience would be enraged if... if they would not believe a word he said on the border. Man. They would not believe a word he said on the courts. No. They would not believe a word he said on any of these major that's issues. That's who he's been but that's who almost he his whole life. And so I'm not trying to grow down that road, no, but I think yeah. that that's why the compromise... I mean, look, searching for compromise is smart, but you have to make sure you're understanding where the, the differences are. And I think like what you've said, a great compromise is realizing that you're not you might not connect with every voter on your side this time on the presidential nomination. But we can compromise and support those down tickets and make sure there's an opposition for either one of these two. There's someone who can stand up for constitutional principles on either one of these guys actually get in office. And I think that's like that's the the most important thing right now. And the compromise for me is um, also a, a. I've had to compromise um, on the idea that this can be saved by a man. You know what I mean? I, I so want that to be true, but I don't. I just don't think. I think it's going to take a very hard, long battle um, with our kids. And what I came to yesterday when I put this list together is I must teach them integrity courage, righteousness, right versus wrong, how to decipher it, to trust God, to be, do not tear people down and threaten with violence, etc., etc., those who disagree with me, with malice toward none and charity toward all. Compromise, but listen, listen, and compromise when you can. 
And the only way I can do that, our kids will remember these days and they will remember what you did, what you did. And if it doesn't teach one of those things, um, you should run from it because that's the only way they'll hold on to it. Let me tell you about our sponsors, Real Estate Agents I Trust. You want to sell your house, maybe you need to sell your house. You want an agent that you can trust, an agent who will tell you the truth and does what needs to be done to get your home sold. This is a, um, this is a Glenn and Tanya Beck um, project with my uh, brother Robert. And um, we were talking about our frustrations and his frustration of selling his house in a great town called Linden. Just couldn't find a good real estate agent. We thought, man, I, it can't be this hard. We started something about two years ago and only announced it to the public about six months ago because we wanted to beta test it and get, it, get these real estate agents, make sure they were exactly right. Real estate agents all across the country, the first thing they have to be is they have to be somebody who is a fan of the show and has our basic principles. And because we know that's what you're looking for. You want to work with somebody like you. You want to sell your home. You want to sell it fast for the most money. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. You know, teaching our kids history, it is so important that they know what history is. And, and we want to thank you for making Liars the number one best-selling book in the nation. Um, and uh, we would ask that if you haven't gotten it yet, get it. You could download it, you know, on your Kindle app or whatever. Um, but uh, I would really, I don't make any more money if it's paper. In fact, I think we make more if it's not. But I would really highly recommend that you um, buy it in paper um, as history is, as we know from Common Core, history has totally changed in our schools. It is, you know, we sign over. Do you know we sign over the Internet? It, that actually becomes effective at the end of October where the United States loses control of the Internet to the world and, uh, and China and Russia if you don't think China and Russia are going to put a few new little twists to the Internet to make sure that they can choke down uh, freedom of speech, uh, I think you're sadly mistaken. But uh, Liars is out right now. Grab it. Grab a copy if you want it electronically, but make sure you have a copy for your kids. I was talking to, um, oh, who was it yesterday? And we were, we were on the air together, and, um, and we were talking about how um, uh, you just don't, you, you just don't, uh, have kids knowing what is true. And there are 50 pages of footnotes in this book, 50. So your kids can go in and challenge your high school teachers. They can challenge their college professors. And that's what they need to do. Don't trust me. Do your own homework. 50 pages of footnotes. Liars available now. Program. Mercury.
All this week, we have been going over the life of Hillary Clinton's hero, Saul Alinsky. And make no mistake, that is her hero. Alinsky may be dead, but his radical leftist guidelines are alive and well in both parties. Now that we know Alinsky's rules and how they are implemented, what is our solution to this progressive Marxist radical agenda? We start there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, to reach back to one of our heroes from the past, from the 60s, uh, Saul Linsky once said that even though both sides have flaws in their arguments and you can always find something nuanced about your own side you don't like and it's never perfect, you have to act in the end like there's simple black and white clarity between your side and the other side or you don't get anything done. I always try to remind myself of Saul Linsky when I get confused. The very fact that a national American broadcaster would openly proclaim socialist Marxist agitator Saul Alinsky as one of our heroes stands as a testament to how far America has strayed from its founding principles. By extreme leftists, Alinsky is admired. He's emulated. There are examples every single day of left-wing politicians putting Alinsky's rules into practice. Rule number five, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It's irrational. It's infuriating. It also works as a key pressure point to force the enemy into concessions. Barack Obama masterfully employed this on a regular basis. These are the same folks oftentimes who suggest that they're so tough that uh, just... Talking to Putin or staring down ISIL or using some additional rhetoric somehow is going to solve the problems out there. But apparently they're scared of widows and orphans coming into the United States of America as part of our tradition of compassion. Now, first they were worried about the press being too tough on them during debates. Now they're worried about three-year-old orphans. In the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. But it's not only a tactic of the left. Someone on the right used the same Alinsky tactic during the primary season of 2016. John McCain goes, oh boy, Trump makes my life difficult. But, you know, he lost. So I never liked him as much after that because I don't like losers. But, but Frank, Frank, let me get to it. He hit me. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. You could see there was blood coming out of her eyes. Uh, blood coming out of her wherever. You got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. He's going like, I don't remember. I, oh, maybe that's what I said. Whoever the hell brought this mic system, don't the son of a bitch to put it in. I'll tell you. Don't let people take advantage. Get even. Years after George W. Bush left office, the left continued to blame him for every problem they faced. Nancy Pelosi was asked when that would stop. Well, but when does that run out? When, when do you feel like that runs out with the public? Well, it runs out when the problems go away. 
Rule number eight from Alinsky. Keep the pressure on. Never let up. They follow it religiously. They are relentless. When we hear example of Alinsky's first rule every day, power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. How is this rule put into practice? One thing they're not arguing about is whether the science of climate change is real and whether or not we have to do something about it. So whoever is the next president of the United States, uh, if they come in and they suggest somehow that that global consensus, not just 99.5% of scientists and experts, but 99% of world leaders think this is really important. I think the president of the United States is going to need to think this is really important. First of all, President Obama actually added another 2.5% to the normally cited figure of 97% consensus, just to interject even more of Alinsky's rule into the discussion. The fact is that the off-cited global warming consensus has long been scientifically debunked. The figure can be traced back to a 2009 survey conducted by a University of Illinois graduate student and backed up by a 2013 paper by University of Queensland Climate Communications fellow John Cook. Cook's work was finally peer-reviewed in 2015 by David Legates, a former state climatologist and professor at the University of Delaware, published in the April 2015 issue of Science and Education. Rather than this much-proclaimed 97% consensus, Legates pointed out that only 41 of the 11,944 academic papers Cook examined in his meta-analysis, 0.3% explicitly stated that most of the global warming since 1950 was caused by human activity. So the number is not 97%, but 0.3%. Haven't our leftist leaders heard about this peer review on the figure that they cite so frequently? Of course they have. But they continue to follow Alinsky's rules for radicals to bring about the fundamental transformation of America that they see. We asked Stanley Kurtz. How can America combat this Alinskyite world we seem to have been thrusted into? I actually think that at the root of the turn toward Saul Alinsky-style politics in this country uh, is our education system. Uh, we don't really teach American principles anymore in our history and civics courses. We teach multiculturalism. Uh, We teach global citizenship. We no longer teach the principles of the Constitution. We no longer focus on the First Amendment. We no longer focus on the mechanisms of democracy. And when we do, it's often with an attempt to debunk them along the lines of Howard Zinn. Kurtz continued. There is a straight line, in my opinion, from Saul Alinsky tactics. Uh, to to this uh, untraditional and undemocratic way of looking at the world. If you want to have a real democracy, then you debate someone. And you focus on fair play and democratic procedure 
You don't try to squash someone by intimidating the source of their funding. That is the tactic of someone who doesn't really believe in the Constitution, who doesn't believe in the American system. And it's because we've stopped teaching our young people about democracy and the principles of democracy and started teaching them instead a kind of subterranean leftism in school that they are attracted to these tactics in a very, very deep way. We have eaten out the foundations of civil politics in this country. So how is that constitution void being filled? Instead, we're giving our young people ideas like privilege, that somehow if someone has so-called privilege because of their white skin or because they're middle class or upper middle class, somehow they don't have the same right to free speech as everyone else. That fundamentally is a socialist, quasi-Marxist way of thinking. And that is what gets you to the kind of tactics that Alinskyites use. They see everything as a contest of power. They don't respect individual rights. And Alinskyites even discuss the founders in their ends justify the means mentality. They don't really respect American principles even if they are adept at, uh, at uh, appealing to the founders as supposed examples. That's another classic Alinskyite tactic. Use red, white, and blue American language uh, as a cover for your uh, tactics, which have nothing to do with those principles at all. So until we get our education system straight, we're not going to be able to cut off the appeal of these outrageous Alinskyite tactics for our young people. The very first step is recognizing these tactics are being employed every day. Then, education, as Kurt said, is another huge key. If we don't teach each other and our children, we will cede this nation to the followers of Saul Alinsky. Want more cereals? You can listen to every episode at glenbeck.com slash cereals. Next week, you'll learn about a true champion for civil rights, Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, now this. Uh, the last time the S&P 500, Dow Jones Industrial Average, and the NASDAQ closed simultaneously at record highs, each index tumbled over the, uh, the next 2.5 uh, years. Since the 08-09 financial crisis, uh, crisis, each index has recovered and then some, and it's time for a correction. So listen to this. If the market were to correct in the same way we saw in 2002 or 2009, we can, accept, we can expect the S&P 500 to drop 64%, the Dow to drop 61%, and the NASDAQ to drop 75%. Are you ready for that? Do you, do you have anything, do you remember that feeling you had in 08 when you opened up your 401k and you realized everything you had worked for was gone? You can um, transfer some of that money to physical gold and hold it in your portfolio. You can also, if you have the money, and you'd be surprised how little money you, you, it takes to get into gold and silver, but you can also just buy some physical gold and silver and, and have it there. Not paper gold. Please don't do paper gold. 
10% of what you have should be in physical gold or silver. And everybody says that. 10%'s not crazy. That's just smart in unstable times. I want you to call Goldline now. Read uh, their important risk information. Find out about their price guarantee program. Uh, and call 866-465-3546. 866-465-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. So, wrapped up our serial on uh, Saul Alinsky. Great guy. What a great guy. <laughs> what a great guy. I, you know, I've man. turned on him. I really like him. Oh, man. Anybody who learns his tactics from Al Capone. And the communists. And the communists is a good Communist guy. Communists and Al Capone. You, you know he's a good guy. <laughs> and you know, we've obviously talked about this many times, but this was he, Saul Alinsky, the topic of Hillary Clinton's senior thesis. No. Yeah. Uh, the person that the left idealizes. That thing. Idolizes. And, you know, we, it's funny because obviously we've talked about, you know, the the uh, the campaign a million times. And, and the people who are supporting Trump a lot of times will be like, well, well you never spent any time on Hillary. I, I, rec- I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the past five weeks of serials in which you'll hear. Not only, I mean, I'm just off the top of my head, I think it's five or five out of six. Saul Alinsky, the basis of her, the way she views the world and oh, yeah. treats politics. Right. Yeah. Very basic. Three straight weeks about progressives and the way that they've transformed society, the history, uh, based on the book Liars, which you can get everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, another series, four full, heavily researched, 10-minute segments on uh, Hillary Clinton's scandals and every, you know, nitpicking every single aspect of her life from birth till today. Yeah, but we never spend any time. We never spend any time. You hear it over and over again, because every time we mention Donald Trump or something that's not glowing about him, they say, well, why don't you ever go after Hillary? Listen to the show <laughs> and go back online. Go to glenbeck.com slash serials for free. Listen to them. Spread them. Don't whine to us about Donald Trump. Spread those things around. Let other people hear the truth about Hillary Clinton, because the truth is there. We've covered it over and over and over again. And we've and you done need to it know in it. a very well documented, very straightforward way. Yeah, but Trump. if you, I know, if you listen to, if you listen to the last four or five weeks of serials. It makes your case for you. If you're if you're against Hillary Clinton, it makes the case for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but I, I I want to encourage you. I have a prediction I want to make in the next ten minutes. Next break, I have a pretty massive prediction. Oh, um, I'll talk to you before. It, I'm not going to talk to you before we go on the air with it. Well, one of the things that we learned in the serial about Hillary was yeah. great about the, her. We always knew about the thesis, but then we found out that she actually was in love with Saul from the first first book. 
And the, the first book talks about yeah. communism. Yes. The first book isn't just about changing the world. The first book is about Marxism and communism. He wrote him a letter. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't wait, wait for the next book. Yeah. So amazing. She is she's deeply entrenched uh, in uh, in all of that there. You know, the 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 bright side is Bill Clinton is a triangulator. Bad news is they're both corrupt to the core uh, and they're both globalists. But so is Donald Trump. But they're both globalists. Are they fish people? Globalists and fish people. No, no, they're not fish. You got gills. No, I don't know why. We don't need this. No, we do. I was told by a genetic engineer. Told by a genetic engineer. <laughs> about a project they were on in England. I said I never told the story on air because it's so fantastical. I love that word. Not, not that all my stories aren't fantastical. No. This, just, just this one. Uh, the rest of it's all. Is there stuff that Alex Jones edits out of the show? <laughs> like this isn't all he has. Imagine the stories he doesn't oh, share. <laughs> They had in tanks people with gills and they were little babies and they were in there just gulping, clawing at the sides. You see a turtle at the zoo and it wants out and you feel for it. Right. They got humanoids crossed with fish and stuff. I mean, <laughs> and stuff. He doesn't believe this, does he? Is this uh, a show? Do you think he believes oh, he it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he he believes it all. Completely crazy. He believes it all. Humanoids crossed with fish and stuff. <laughs> Where are the men? <laughs> Where are the men? You let some of those YouTube videos roll of that show because I, I do not listen to it, unfortunately. No. But some of it is, he believes it. He absolutely oh. believes it. He's, he's just crazy. Crazy. nuts. Crazy. And I, 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 we're on this kick here, so let me, let me, uh, let me introduce. Then can we get off? Cause I've no, got this, this is, okay, I okay. know. This is about our, the cereals. I want, because I'm on this kick now. We go back. We have this is the this is the order going. All of these are posted at glenbeck.com slash cereals. You can go share all of them. They're all there. They're all free for you to do with whatever you want. Sololinsky, the basis of the theology or the the way, at least the political ideology and the way she treats politics from Hillary Clinton. Progressive liars. Three weeks of this heavily researched in which you can realize the basis of the entire philosophy before that. Hillary Clinton, the four-part series on just her scandals. The sca- four parts on it's just her scandals. Power of scandal scandals. talk. Uh, before that, evil progressive donors was our, our pet. Oh, my gosh. For yes, that's right. She's talking about all the money and how the money goes to the causes that Hillary Clinton supports. Before that, we take a quick little break and tell you the truth about slavery and the founders, which is a huge progressive talking point to get you off of the Constitution and how uh, it, those people were actually horrible people. A nice piece of history. Then before that, Ronald Reagan, another nice piece of conservative <laughs> history. But before that, the war on poverty. Every proposal that Hillary Clinton is currently making is destroyed with all of the facts through that. How many weeks is that? I mean, I was. I, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's, it's crazy. These are. And by the way, this is the most expensive. This is the most expensive fifteen minutes of air every day on commercial by, by far. far. Oh, yeah. uh, by, by far, far, the most expensive commercial uh, episode of anything on the air. Most expensive fifteen minutes by far. And the point I want to make about that is that uh, those are the heavily researched things. That's where we're putting all our resources, right? The rest of this, and obviously we talk about all different things, but a lot of it's driven by the news cycle. And when you have a candidate 
that is constantly coming out and doing new controversial things on an everyday basis. Well, it's understandable that we're going to talk about him a lot. Beyond that, we're we're talking to the audience that is here and loves us. What the serials are, are are tools that we're trying to give you so you can be equipped to share these facts and these ideas with others. So please go to glennbeck.com slash serials and share them with people. We're making the solid case for you. If you haven't heard them all, go to the page and just listen and learn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. So glad you're here. It's Friday. We made it uh, yet another week. Have a a big prediction coming up for you here for a second. But um, Stu and I were talking about something that came out la- uh, last night, and I think we have her coming up. I hope we have her coming up next hour. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth on this, so you know, but I would love to hear from her. We'll yeah. hopefully get the full story. But. Um, it, Basically, Michelle Fields, you remember her? She was the one, yep. the reporter. She did appearances on Fox all the time. She Breitbart. Worked, at, worked at Breitbart. Yep. Had the interaction with Corey Lewandowski where she was grabbed by uh, Lewandowski um, and she filed a complaint. Um, they, uh, they charged Lewandowski with simple battery, later uh, dropped the charges. Um, Lewandowski called her delusional for saying that, that he had ever touched her, which was false. Um, as the video came out and Lewandowski had grabbed her um, and, you know, left bruises and things like this. Um, so Breitbart has she's an employee of Breitbart, but Breitbart's obviously very defensive of Trump. Um, and they start writing articles on their own site saying that she's lying, basically giving an outline of oh, I don't think it was actually um, actually Lewandowski that grabbed her, even though she knew it was. And the video later proved it was. Um, and so she quit. And left the uh, and left Breitbart because uh, several people several people left with her. Yeah, because they ben were Shapiro. Ben Shapiro because they were outraged at what they saw happen. Yeah, where they were willing to they were willing to back Trump and lie to destroy one of their own yep. just to make him look better. I think another one another guy who dropped out one of their um, foreign affairs yeah. reporters said it, uh, Breitbart was functioning as a disassociated a super PAC for Trump. Yeah. wasn't even a new set anymore. And, of course, now they're even closer than a super PAC. It's actually, yeah, they're, actually they're an consummated arm things, yeah. uh, if you will. Anyway, uh, so after she left, she uh, was looking for a job, got a job at the Huffington Post. Even after this went down, the Breitbart people were trying to get her fired from the Huffington Post. One of their writers, Matthew Boyle, who's one of the main guys over there, sent wrote up a letter reasons why we should why uh she should lose her job michelle should lose her job at uh, the huffington post um and it were it was reasons that progressives would believe in other words we can't employ michelle fields because she worked at breitbart and she considered voting for donald trump who's out of control now think about the mentality of a person who would do something like this he is a person who loves trump 
but will leak a letter to bash Trump just to get revenge on a former employee who did nothing more than get grabbed. That is unbelievable. Really unbelievable. And so they have the whole, eventually, now that uh, the, the Breitbart thing has happened. So they posed as left-wing, yeah. anti-Trump people. Progressives. Progressives, trying to get Michelle fired. Fields fired from her new job. Right, right. so he wrote it as himself. And slamming so off the Breitbart. Slime, slamming Breitbart. Yeah. Saying you can't trust anybody who works at Breitbart. <laughs> Writing it from Breitbart right. to pose as a progressive to get the progressives to have a backlash against her at HuffPo. Psychotic. You want to talk about blackball? Yeah. Psychotic. These guys are bad. And they, uh, bad. they wrote this as in an open letter format so that the editors at the Huffington Post could just all sign it. Now, it didn't work. She still works there. Um, uh, but just think about what kind of person would do something like that. Well, it's, I mean, it's utterly no, crazy that's why they get along that's why they that's why they fit with each other bannon is bannon has said to several people um that have delivered the message to me and others that i know like me um that uh, are have not bent to donald's will that if they get into office and he has power he will to his dying breath he will make us pay he will never give up making us pay i don't know what that means but okay um so let me give you a prediction um if trump wins you're gonna see bannon as the chief of staff or the media arm and breitbart and breitbart web and radio i think will become his official media he'll just say you know how you know how the White House now does all of their media and they're not letting reporters in? They're just doing the media themselves and you can get the pool feed. Um, but they're only they, they're producing all of these clips and the press pushed back on Obama, but not too much because it was Obama. I think he's going to take it a step further. Roger Ailes, I, I think, will be you know a consultant of some sort. And I think air talent like Sean Hannity, I think Sean will become press secretary. <laughs> And I mean this sincerely. Mm-hmm. I think if he wins, now it's not. A, I mean, I, first of all, Sean would be great at that. I mean, yeah, I, no, he'd I, be great. I, I mean, I, I don't know that he wants to do that. It would certainly yeah. be a pay cut. Yeah, um, but uh, it, you know, he would be. I, I think it, just about anybody. I mean, somebody asked you to be the, the press secretary of the president of the United States. I wouldn't want that job. I don't like confrontation. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, but uh, what's his face did it? Uh, Remember? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Snow, Tony, uh, Snow. Tony, Snow. Yeah, Tony Snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's a, a that's a great that's a sweet gig. Oh yeah, yeah. That and, is, I mean, once and, press secretary for White House, you know, that's that's something that's the pinnacle of your career. That was a tough gig for Tony, by now, the way. Which I, I yes, mean, it was. You imagine that one being tough because it was around the time with the Ramos and Compion stuff, and he had some really tough things to, yeah. to navigate. Yeah. Can you imagine the next press secretary, whether it's Hillary or Trump, if it's Trump? And it's your job to defend his weirdness unless every day? Unless you intimidate, wow. unless you have an arm like Bannon that intimidates everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what that was about. It wasn't about Michelle Fields. That was about letting everyone know, you stand against us, we'll wipe you off the map. That's all that was. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, you know, Saul Alinsky 101. This is, I mean, we, we saw this with Barack Obama. You threaten the right people and you bring them down or bring them to their knees and everybody else is going to fall in line. Not, not a lot of people are willing to lose everything. Yeah. And so you bring those big ones down. You only have to bring down a couple 
And you got it. If Michelle was blackballed and she couldn't get a job at HuffPo or she lost her job at HuffPo because of something they did, everyone else beneath her, they're not going to do that. They will stay in line. They want their job. So here's what my prediction is. Should he lose? I believe Trump is going to make Trump media. And he will do television, web, radio, and OTT. And what will what will attract him to that? OTT is internet television, basically. Yeah, it's called over the top. Yeah, you could have TV and... Like uh, subscriptions, right? Subscription yeah. television, okay? Um, and he will be good at that. But he'll also have traditional media with it. Breitbart under Bannon, will run the thing. Um, Many of the air talent that are deeply in the bag for him right now will go over to Trump media, especially now that Ailes is gone from Fox. I think people will think there's a chance, there's a change in the air. And I'm going to go over with this new thing, and I think they will think that uh, Fox is not necessarily the thing. It'll be Trump. And I think, and I'm not saying about the Fox talent, I'm talking about other talent that I think will say, I'm going to go jump over there. Um, because I think it will be very successful, at least monetarily, and it will be very successful. 20 million, 20 million people will, will flock to it, at least at first. Um, it will prepare for 2020, but it won't be to prepare for him to be president. I think he'll say, I don't want to be president, because I don't think he wants to be president now. He's done the run. Plus, he'd now be, he can be, be too old. Yeah, now he can be the kingmaker. Yeah. Now his media will be the kingmaker. It will allow him to have an arm that will take care of all of his enemies, all of the people that got in his way. He'll have a way to take care of them. Uh, anything he wants to do in business, he'll have a way to take care of all of that. It will become alt right. So. It will become, uh, I believe, in time, it will become, uh, by 2020, a version of Black Lives Matter. It will become, whether he's still involved or not, whether I don't know, but it will become, it will start as a, as a, because he's saying it right now, I'm running against the corrupt media. I'm not running against Hillary. I'm running against the media. The day he loses, all he has to do is say, I, I lost because of the media, the corrupt media. And they will make a campaign to go after the corrupt media, and he will start a new media source that goes after the corrupt media. Yeah. Um, and what will happen is it will be so much vengeance and vitriol in it, and uh, they will say crazy things that he likes to say. Trump news. And it will be Trump news and it will be National Enquirer kind of crazy conspiracy theories that will attract the alt-right and it will become a, a portion of that audience will become very, very activated, engaged, and uh, in the streets like Black Lives Matter. And reach out to fish people. That's what I'm just going to say. That's where we'll hear the truth. Yep. About the fish people, where they're combining humanoids with fish and, I don't know about, and stuff. I don't know about that, but they will say anything they have to to stop people that disagree with them. And, and 
and I, I really well, you'll hear he will play. You will hear birther stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'll be oh, tame yeah. compared to oh, what my gosh, do yeah. on that. And there, it'll be 20 million strong, and you will see, he'll make money hand over fist, and you will see um, this become a very important, it, it may actually even turn into an alt-right party. Because I think the GOP is going to be so fractured that it might even turn into an alt-right party. And between the Breitbarts and the Alec Joneses and... and Drudge Report. Drudge Report. You've got a pretty good... You've got good it. You've got a base. Base You could it. put this together that fast. That fast. It'd just be bat crap crazy. Oh, but it, 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 it will be... Uh, I, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. And I bet you by 2020, it could actually turn into a party. Can you And imagine? it will be a scary-ass party. Wow. On this note, too, to just show. It's right or wrong? I think that's right. Oh, yes. We've talked about how many right. times this was not the vision of Andrew Breitbart. And again, whether oh. you like him or not, I mean, it was not his vision. One of the last stands, the real last stands he took as on this earth was to stand up against birtherism. He was one of the people who said, I mean, this is, this is a quote from Breitbart right after he died. Andrew Breitbart. This is from the site. Okay, okay. Andrew Breitbart was never a birther, and Breitbart News is a site that has never advocated the narrative of birtherism. They went on to say wow. specifically he was born. Obama was born in Hawaii, in 1961. The whole thing. They rejected the theory completely. Now the site is running the campaign for America's most visible birther. Think of how much they have screwed this guy's memory, whether you like him or not. This, this this poor guy's name is on this nonsense, and it is a, 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 a an unbelievable uh, turn of events. Because this guy, one of the last stands he took on this earth was to fight against what Donald Trump made into an issue. Now this, are you thinking about purchasing your first gun? Do your homework, but do it now. Make sure you have the self-protection that you and your family need. See what Bond Arms has to offer. Every gun from Bond Arms can be converted to suit your needs. 25 different barrels will fit every Bond Arms pistol, and you can use 14 different calibers. I have some Bond Arm guns myself. Um, they're small enough. My wife can uh, carry them in, you know, even the little fancy purses that, you know, just carry lipstick and, I don't know, gum and, of course, tissue. Um, but you can also, I, I, can, I can carry the... the um, the uh, the one that's basically a shotgun. I can carry it in my front pocket. They're really small. They're accurate. Uh, they are built absolutely solid here in Texas. You want a gun that will stop any threat? Uh, check out Bond Arms and see what they have. The Second Amendment is under attack. Now is the time to exercise your right to own, keep, and bear arms. Be smart. Do your own homework, but do it now. Bondbeck.com. Visit now bondbeck.com. That's bondbeck.com. Beck. Mercury. This is what newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glenbeck.com. Okay, so let me just give you some headlines. We're going to talk about these next hour. Princeton HR department don't use the word man. Okay, can't use the word man. Um, flashback. 
Obama ripped Bush's unconscionable ineptitude during Hurricane Katrina. Have you seen the pictures of him playing golf while the coffins are floating down the street in Louisiana? Yeah. Yeah. State Department. $400 million to Iran was contingent on U.S. prisoner release. Yeah. Didn't they just deny this just yes. recently? Yes. But they still say, they're still trying to parse some weird yes. line where... Well, yeah, we waited to make sure that the prisoners would be released before we gave them the payment, but it had nothing to do with oh, the prisoner. It. It's, just, it's madness. It. Uh, and then the, the last one, studio praying wheels don't come off of ch- epic chariot race of uh, Ben-Hur. Uh, I haven't even read this one. I, I mean, it's hard with movies like that because uh, the first one was so good. I mean, do you, are you I, can I tell you, I saw it. I love Ben Hur. I love Ben Hur. I saw it. You saw the new one two nights ago. Yeah. Oh, it. you did? It's great. Is it really? It is great. Oh, and I walked into it going, I walked into it going, how can I get past Charlton Heston? I mean, I love Charlton love, Heston. In love this. that. Love him in and, that role. Love that yeah, movie. Love it. And then it's, it opens. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it opens the way they tell the story. It opens with a part of the chariot race. Dang and it. I thought they're going to, they're going to do the chariot race at the beginning. And then I was thinking about it for a second. I'm like, that's smart. Cause that's the biggest part. But what are you going to do at the end? That's mm-hmm. better than the chariot. They don't. It's, they end it the same way, but the chariot race, when I saw the opening, I thought that's really smart because you're never going to get the chariot race to be as exciting as it was in Ben Hur. It is. It really is. It is really good. It is suspenseful. Um, it's great. And it's the best thing about it is it is true to the original and yet different enough that you're not going, Charlton Heston was so much better here. You forget the Charlton Heston thing. At least I did. And I'm a huge fan of Ben Hur. Wow. This is this is I'm another good. prediction. Six or eight years good. ago, I said to you, Ben Hur, Ten Commandments, they're all going to be made again. You watch, that's going to be the next big thing in movies. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. It's and true. this is the this is the movie we hoped Noah would be, <laughs> which, right. which yeah. was an abomination. This one was done right, and wow. it's really good. good. Really good. It's not Cecil B. DeMille. It's not. They didn't go for that. It's just a great movie. Mercury. Hello. Hello and welcome to the program, America. Thanks. We are 80 days away from the most important election of our lifetime. Yay! I have to say that one more time in four years. Every time, the most important election. This time, I think we mean it. I don't at all. I I don't either. Really? Uh uh. I legitimately think it's the most meaningless election of all time. Because I don't care. Either way, it's terrible. Sucks. Either way. Doom. I mean, for the on the president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what you. I see what you mean on the presidential side, but not for the House and the Senate. Oh, right. The Senate's yes. Right. That's. I critical. mean, that's really, really. That's, that's critical. Uh, so let's let's break down the races. It's time to bring back election by the numbers with our uh, in-house stat boy, uh, Stu. The latest on the uh, yeah stat boy. Stat boy. Yeah, stat boy. Not an official title. Uh, it was too bad because I just had it printed on your cards. <laughs> we start there right now. 
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program, 2016, election by numbers. Election by numbers, uh, Stu is fascinated by stats and figures, and he is always uh, deep into like the 40th tab in any kind of poll. And um, that's why you gave him the nickname. Stat boy. Stat boy. Stat boy. I do love the cross tabs. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not an impo- a popular thing. It doesn't exactly get you the ladies. I mean, he screams geek. Yes. He's like, but what do the cross tabs say? I, I don't know, stat boy. <laughs> I know you'll figure it out. So we, uh, we're going to do this maybe a couple of times a week. We'll definitely do it on Fridays. Um, as we get closer to the election, we will do them, uh, you know, every day if we have to, if we have um, important new polls that are out. But we want to show you where the Senate and the House and the president, uh, where the polls are and what it looks like. And we're going to take them state by state now. We're, we're not going to look at the general polls. We want to see, you know, how close is Donald Trump to 270? How close is uh, Hillary Clinton to 270? And what it looks like based on the latest polls. I personally think that you're right. The most important of our election when it comes to the president, I, I, I mean, I personally think they're both deadly. So... What I do believe we have to do is concentrate on the House and the Senate. Yep. If we can get good constitutionalists in there, they can hold the line at least for a while and slow things down. And let me be the one to say that even if they're not good constitutionalists and they will at least show some opposition to some of the stuff either one of these presidential candidates could do, uh, I would at this point be happy. For example, I don't know that I would consider uh, Marco Rubio a strict constitutionalist by any means but i'll take marco i'll take him uh you know i really want him to win florida right now because these seats are vitally important the way this uh we all know obviously uh 100 seats in the senate 50 50 um if there's a 50 50 split it goes to the president um so the presidential election is important for the senate as well and uh you know obviously the vice president well it's and it's right it goes to the vice president uh, but the presidential ticket Uh, and that would be a mike pence situation if the republicans so uh, that it, that one seat could wind up mattering, um, so I don't want to dismiss that. But if Hillary Clinton went to jail. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Let's just okay, go that's, on that's, so we get to that later. Yeah, that's really something else. Yeah. Um, so before we enter any of these elections, the current state of the race is 36 Democrat seats, 30 Republican seats. Okay, uh, if you take every, everything off the board, okay, um, because those aren't up for election. So it's 36-30. The Democrats start with a six-seat lead. Right, and we currently hold it with 54. Right, where the Republicans currently have 54 seats in the Senate. So we want at least 54. Well, I think you want at least 51. We'll take 51. 51, but, you know, the more the merrier. Right. So um, there's 36 Democrats that are locked in. There's eight more that are seen as pretty darn solid. Uh, California, Hawaii, uh, New York, Vermont, Washington, Oregon, Maryland, Connecticut, all of all of those we expect to go Democrat, which gets them to 44. Even though it's like a senator like Mikulski from Maryland is leaving. Right. right. She's the, retiring. And oh. They still say her seat is is not. I mean, that's not in play. Not, not in play. play. I mean, the Republicans not going to Same thing with Maryland. Barbara Boxer. In that's California. a big yeah. seat to fill, too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? Is it fat man? <laughs> hey, I get, I get those rarely. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. So Barbara Boxer and Mikulski, let's just take a moment and, uh, and mourn their loss. All right. Okay, that's I think that's, okay yep, we're that's done. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, so the Republicans have 30 seats locked in for sure. 
They also have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, eleven seats that are pretty solidly uh, in the Republican uh, uh, side. So you, it gets us to forty-one, including, yeah, uh, yeah, right. That would get you to forty-one. That that these are includes, these are really solid. Mike Lee is is solid. Oh yeah, There's three three senators are really solid in here, uh, being uh, Rand Paul, uh, Tim Good. Scott, and uh, Mike Lee. Wow, those are all three, are three really solid that we need. And I think you know it's pretty. These are. Pretty Crapo in Idaho, too. He's Crapo's, good, too. He's Crapo's good, too. not going to lose. Yeah, he's not going to lose. I'm, I'm saying, though, these are solid constitutionalists. A lot of them are really good conservatives. Yeah, no, yeah. those are really good. So, yeah. But you have a, you have, so you're looking at a 44-41 Senate um, with the Democrats leading it going into these, the more competitive races. Now, some of these races should wow. be Republicans, um, including something like John McCain, for example. John McCain... Uh, should win re-election in Arizona, but because of the polls and and the way that that state is turned purple, um, he's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit hesitant to to call that a solid state as you usually would with John McCain. I mean, you know, a guy's been there for five hundred thousand years. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six states in the leaning Republican uh, section that we have right now. Now um, these are. Solidly leaning. No, these are leaning. These leaning. could they, they, they could go either way. Right, like if if you gun to your head. It's not a toss-up, but there's a lean to it. But there's six states there for Republicans, including uh, Alaska, Arizona, uh, Georgia, Iowa, uh, Missouri, and North Carolina. Grassley is only leaning. McCain is only <clears throat> leaning. Yeah, and, and those are and Burr as well, only leaning. Kind of surprising. Um, I do expect a lot of these to come through, though. I mean, unless it's a complete electoral disaster at the top of the ticket, a lot of these will wind up coming through. Well, let me tell you, let me give you an example of where I think, you know, the Republicans are going to be in real trouble. Places like Texas, because I hear this all the time. My vote doesn't matter. Texas is going to vote for Trump anyway. Well, it's six points away. She is only six points you know. at, uh, behind Donald Trump in, uh, in Texas. Texas. There, the, six points is easy to lose if a lot of people are like, you know what, I just don't even need to vote. I remember, yeah, it's not I mean, a 20-point lead. And it usually is in Texas, obviously. Yeah, it is. 15, 17, 18 points. Right yeah. now it's only six, so it is important to get out and vote. Yeah. If, if you're a big Trump guy, it's important. But it's also just as important, uh, not as necessarily uh, Texas, but in these states that seem oh red to go out and make sure you vote. Even if you are saying, uh, even if you're like me, I can't vote for Donald Trump or I can't vote for Hillary Clinton, you have got to go out and vote for the under ticket. You have to do that. It's vital. It vital. is, it is vital, 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 vital. Because you want, even if you're, a lot of people are like, well, I like, I don't like Trump, but I'll vote for him anyway. Um, and if he wins, that's great, but you better have a check from, uh, from uh, Hillary. From, uh, for Hillary. This is your backup. This is your backup. You also need senators that will stand up to Trump, Trump. if he proposes things that are on the more liberal side. Well, he has talked about nationalizing banks. The last time that we had, you know, in 2008, in 2008, when we had the crash, he talked about the thing we should do is nationalize banks. The worst thing that could be done. Hmm. Somebody's got to stand up and say, no, 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 we don't nationalize the banks. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that these people will do that, but at I'm least there sure should be either. a chance of it. So as we state right now, if we give the leaners to the Republicans, that gets us to 47 Republican senators. On the Democratic side, there's only one leaner that's in Colorado, which would get you to 45. So going into the toss-up races, you have a 47-45 lead for Republicans. They need to pull off three or four, depending uh, on who the president is, three or four of the toss-up states. There are eight of them. Uh, Illinois, uh, Florida, New Hampshire, Indiana, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, 
and Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin has looked really bad for Johnson. Uh, his polling has been really bad there. Toomey's polling is really hurting in Pennsylvania with Trump down double digits. Are they down um, in those states? Are, yes, uh, both Toomey really? and Johnson are down uh, considerably. Um, Rubio is, is that the Trump effect, or was that some prior problem? Uh, I think Johnson. I think Johnson will lose, honestly, oh, um, and I think he would have possibly, maybe, probably lost anyway. He's really being hurt by Trump, though. Um, Toomey is even a worse example. Toomey is actually fairly popular. Uh, in Pennsylvania, especially for a guy who's pretty conservative. I mean, he's he's on the conservative side of the Republican Party, um, but he's you know, I mean, he, he hasn't been perfect. And I am in love with everything he's done, but he's yeah. pretty conservative. Um, but he looks like it, if this continues this way and Trump were to lose by double digits, it looks like he will get taken out by that as well. I think Portman will probably survive in Ohio. Ayad is another one. Again, like Ayad's very if you don't know who uh, Ayad or whatever, I can't always say Ayad. Um, it's Ayad, I believe. Um, I always get confused between the two. But she is um, very John McCain-ish. She's that policy mm-hmm. profile. So it's not not my favorite person. However, she was seen as a uh, a rising star in the Republican Party. Um, and in New, New Hampshire, Hampshire probably would have held that seat. But Donald Trump is down by 10 and 12 points in the polling there. So Are they uh, separating themselves from her, from him? Th- what we're seeing is about a four or five point separation. So, no, no, no. Are they saying, oh, I see him pulling. Okay. Don't smear him on me. Not yet. Or not yet. I would say not yet. Um, right now, you're seeing a lot of people who are keeping at an arm's length. They're not embracing Trump. Toomey's a good example of this. I mean, Toomey pretty clearly does not like Donald Trump. Um, but he's he's not out there being Ben Sass. Yeah. He's not out there out speaking out about it. He's just trying to avoid it as much as possible and walk that weird line, which is difficult. I mean, I feel for these guys, believe me. I think Rubio will probably win in Florida. Certainly, if it's Alan Grayson he's going against, he's definitely going to win. But he's, his polling is actually, he's outpolling Trump in Florida in some polls by as much as 20 points. 20 points. Oh. Um, so people are really splitting the ticket for Marco I wish Rubio. we would have had Rubio. I mean, Rubio, Rubio I think, would, would, be, Rubio would have, would, hey. Rubio would be up today by 10 points. I think you're right. I mean, I honestly think Cruz would be winning, too. And I think yeah. a lot of the, I think, honestly, any of the field. Not any of the field, but you don't think George Pataki's winning or Jim yeah, Gilmore? No, no um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think even Bush would have been winning. Yes, oh, I but a slim margin, but I think right. he would have been winning. I think you're right. Um, not that that would have been some huge no victory, triumph, but, but uh, comparison. So I, so right now you've got eight seats again to restate this. Eight seats. Republicans would need to win three or four of them to control the Senate. Really, kind of four. I mean, you need you need fifty one. I think to be safe, 51. If you're going to pick four out of here, I think Rubio's probably going to win. Put Rubio over just for fun. Put Rubio over to... No, 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 no. Oh, 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 sorry, over here. Republican, yeah. I think Rubio's over... uh, I think think Rubio will probably win. Portman, think? I think Portman will win. If I had to put, you know, gun to my head, I think Portman will win in Ohio. seat's going to go over the Democrats. Probably, although that's still... I still think that's kind of a toss-up. Same thing in Indiana. Bai is running in Indiana. I think Indiana would go Republican, but Evan Bai is running. Evan Bai is um, pretty popular. And so he's up... The last poll I saw there was Bai up by seven. So he'll so probably, him, probably put, go put, Democrat. Put, move that. I think that, or, uh, I think that will go uh, to the Democratic and side. I would put Reed seat Nevada, don't I you think? think? Probably, yes. I think Johnson will also lose, unfortunately. Uh, Toomey, I mean, it really depends. I've been saying this with, with the presidential Let's, race. Yeah. If I had Let's to guess... Him. What about Kirk? Illinois. Uh, I haven't seen a poll recently on that. I mean, obviously, Illinois is a left-leaning state. Kirk is one of the, the few senators that has come out and yeah. outwardly said he's not going to vote for Donald Trump. He's been more yeah. explicit about it. Obviously, that helps in Illinois. Um, but you, as you can see, 
you know, the, the Senate races are really, really tight. The Democrats have more, uh, you know, uh, senators locked in. Uh, so it is a bit of an uphill battle here, but they can control the Senate. If you go out and you go after the under ticket, even if you don't like Trump, it's important to go out for the under ticket because that even if you don't even love these guys individually, you may be some I, checks. And I balances. think what we saw last night um, and we haven't gotten into this very much at all today. But what I, I, I what I saw last night with this uh, apology thing from Donald Trump, that's Roger Ailes. That is not Bannon. That's Roger Ailes influence. You think? Yeah. Um, you go out, you be the nice guy. You've got to be the nice guy. Let us be the hatchet men. So I think that's Roger Ailes' influence. And with Roger in, um, there, he knows the importance of the Senate and the House. Roger will care about Roger that. will care about that. And, and you may see some changes on these. We've got to take a quick break, then come back, and then let's look at the, um, let's look at the presidential race. Um, first, this from Simply Safe. If you're thinking about getting a home security system, don't worry about the cost um, because Simply Safe has a very inexpensive solution for you. Not only will you save 10% on the system, not only um, is it a lot less expensive than anything you're going to get, you know, from the uh, the old-fashioned uh, security systems, um, but you're also going to save a ton of money every month. So instead of paying, you know, fifty or sixty dollars a month for your home security, you're going to pay fourteen dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. Um, it is easy to install. Uh, there are no contracts. You can cancel at any time, but you own the system. You're going to save 10% on the system if you use my name or you use the web address I'm going to give you here in a second. Um, but also, you'll save 20% most likely on your home insurance. You can add fire and, um, and uh, you know, vapor uh, warnings uh, and also the burglar alarm, of course. And you can save up to 20% on most home insurance. And they'll walk you all through that. So you're going to save a ton of money. For the protection that we trust, go to simplysafebeck.com and get an exclusive 10% discount right now. Simplysafebeck.com. Save 10%. Simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Program. Uh, some amazing audio from Donald Trump yesterday. Uh, before we get to the uh, before we get to the next uh, the, the next board, which is the Electoral College uh, for the presidency of the United States, um, this was a, a pretty stunning moment um, last night from from uh, Donald Trump. Listen to this. Sometimes, in the heat of debate and speaking on a multitude of issues. You don't choose the right words, or you say the wrong thing. Well, this is teleprompter. I have done that. Yeah, it is prepared. Oh, yeah. Hell is here. They're laughing. Right. They like it. They like it. I mean, yeah, of course I have done that, and I like it. And believe it or not, I regret it. They don't believe it. They're laughing here. They're laughing. Don't believe it. They think he's joking. He's setting up a punchline. Yeah. Listen what comes next. I mean, really, the audience reaction is kind of I think disturbing I, and I think spooky I, here. I think I heard some. I think they're chanting Trump, 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 because I think, at least to my ear, just on this uh, second hearing of it, 
I think that they were actually, some of them were kind of like, oh, and booing right. a little bit. They don't like this from mm-hmm. him. Right. They don't like that from him. And it's not that they like him to be, you know, inappropriate. They just want him to say, you say what you need to say and what you want to say and just leave that all behind. Right. And I do regret it, particularly where it may have caused personal pain. Death silence. Too much I've never heard him say this. is at stake for us to be consumed with these issues. But one thing I can promise you this. Oh I, you. I will always tell you the truth. And that's and I tell a lie you right there. And I tell you. I would bet now I want to make sure that, that Bannon and all the people at Breitbart know that I don't mean this literally. Because they'll be like, hey, he said it. Uh, I would bet my life. Yeah, don't say that. that. I know who wrote that. I would bet my life that was written by Roger Ailes. Bet my life on it. I can hear him saying, this is what you need to say. Well, it you need to say it this way. Because what they like about you, Ronald, uh, uh, Donald, they like you because you tell the truth. Remember. Roger Ailes is the guy that got Ronald Reagan elected. Ronald Reagan lost that first debate. And Ronald, and, and Ronald Reagan was getting confused because he wasn't a detail guy. He was a big vision guy. And Roger was the one who sat him down and said, you don't need to know the details. Stop it. Stop it. Here's why they like you. Concentrate on that. I can guarantee you this is the effect of Roger Ailes. With him saying... He, he started with, look, you have all these problems. You have all these people that are, that are knifing you. Your people want to like you. The people who are on the fringes, they want to like you. But you keep offending people, and they're feeling uncomfortable. Nobody likes to think they... I can, my gosh, I'm telling you, I can hear him say this. <laughs> Nobody wants to think that their president is a bully. So you have to think, you have to go out, and you humble yourself, and you just say, look... I'm really sorry. I didn't mean, I don't mean to hurt people. I don't mean to do that. But you end it with this. The thing that they like about you is that you say what you're thinking. So I will always tell you the truth. Mm. You say that and they will accept it and it will be fine and you'll, you will repair the damage. I can guarantee you that was Roger Ailes. It certainly wasn't Donald Trump. I'll no. tell you that. <laughs> no. And, and there's nothing it, wrong with it yeah, being yeah, Roger Ailes. There's no, nothing wrong with it. I, I, I mean, I, I, that is, it that is but. not Bannon. That is Roger Ailes. That's amazing. And, you know, the left has been celebrating uh, ousting Ailes all this time. It might wind up being the wor- their worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. Because if he can get Trump. No, I tell you, if you're running for president of the United States, the man you want on your side is Roger Ailes. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Roger Ailes is the, he is... He's got his finger on the pulse of America unlike anybody I've ever met. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. That's 
This is not going to make people happy. And you said you think this is an optimistic board. Well, I wanted to start with just expert predictions. Uh, so we had a good foundation as to where we are in the Electoral College. And I, I like to move these things around as I look at different polls and, and analyze stuff. Um, we have a big board, in case you don't happen to be watching, you're just listening to us. Yep. We have a big board here, the Electoral, uh, electoral College ratings, um, solid Democrat, lean Democrat, toss-up, lean Republican, solid Republican. Uh, you don't want to see how it adds up, because that's not good. Uh, if, you, if you want Donald Trump to win, not a good board. Well, these are not your predictions. Yeah, these are just experts based on polling and demographics and such. And it only is standing. You're not. This is not a projection. This is the way it is today. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it is. It's, it's yes. It's the state of the race, right? I mean, state of the race. You are predict. The, the, there are two things that go into these predictions. Obviously, polling is the biggest one. Um, additionally, there's things like fundamentals. You know, for example, we've seen really close polls in Utah, but most most experts believe that when it comes down to it, Utah will wind up going. To Donald Trump, because you know, the fundamentals will pull him through a state like that that's so deep red. Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I, unless Evan McMullen can make an impact there. And, and he I, is on the ballot in Utah. He got on the, imp- he got on the ballot in Utah. Have you seen anything on him? I've only seen him. I saw him on CNN yesterday. I think it was CNN. Uh, but I haven't I haven't seen him anywhere. Fox isn't covering him at all, are they? Uh, I, I think he was on Fox at one point, Fox? but uh, he's he's doing a decent amount of media. He, but he we right just now had him on Pat and Stu. Yeah, we had him on Pat and Stu yesterday. Uh, yesterday or the oh, day well, before. And he's got the deal so he's, locked up. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Sure. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Is he on the wonderful world of Stu? Uh, not yet. No. Oh, oh, well, he gets that. It's a lot. It's a double diamond. Is, lock. He's doing a lot. I mean, I mean. I know that we don't know we're being demeaned because we're too stupid to <laughs> yes. know it. It's the funny thing is that he, like we're being demeaned just a, a little, little bit. bit. He's, a little he's bit. demeaning the show, but he chooses to put it on the air every day. That's, uh, <laughs> all right, all that. right. Don't press you. So, so uh, Utah, uh, he's on in Utah, Iowa, Minnesota, Colorado now. Just think pretty, he's got four I mean, so far. That's a decent um, effort because if you're, you're going Evan McMullen to block. You're not going Evan McMullen to win the presidency outright in the Electoral College. That's not going to happen. But if you're going Evan McMullen to block, to keep Trump or Hillary. Below 270. Below 270. And then it goes to the House. And then and the House it? likes him because he's a former advisor. You know, I don't know. Are we going to lose the House? Are we going to lose the House? House, I mean, is more sure than the Senate. Um, but uh, you've got a huge sure. margin no. in the House. What is it? Is it 73 or something? If they were to lose, if Seven. I mean, I've looked at the basic, and it's been a while since I looked at it, but if the if in a in a blowout situation, the House can absolutely go to the Democrats. If they were to, if they lose, if the Democrat solid seats, the lean seats, the t- and the toss-up seats, mm. just that is enough to, I believe, squeak the Democrats over the line. Oh in the House, if we have Hillary Clinton and a Republican and a Democratic House and oh, Senate. Talking we are disaster. Doomed. Now, the Absolutely. good thing about it is, as we talked about with the Senate, it's incredibly unlikely that they can get to sixty seats in the Senate. So there probably will be. Oh my gosh! Some fucking sixty seats. Don't I please. I, well, I, I mean, we've lived it. through that already. Remember, in two thousand nine, it was terrible. I know, but I don't think they can get to sixty. But if there's the a lucky thing is, she is. If you remember, I used to say. My shoe could beat Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she's terrible. The good thing is, she is so horrible, so horrible, that this may depress the the turnout. It might. Um, So here is where we stand as far as uh, the presidential race goes. We have 
two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen states that are solid Democrat. You look at that list, I mean, we're, it includes every left-wing state you can think of, Maryland, D.C., Connecticut, California, all the big hits. Uh, there's nothing there that you would consider switching out of this column. Anyone here? And that gets no. you to 191 That gets already. you to 191. So 191. Oh, automatically. Automatically. 191 for the Democrat. No question. I mean, you know, Trump can fantasize about winning Connecticut in New York. No. He's not going it's to. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, 191 for the Democrats. On the Republican side... Um, there are some here that I would not say are solid, in my opinion. This is just the expert's opinion. But again, we have 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 states uh, that are solid Republican for 138 electoral votes. So is it starts off. What do you think is states? not a lot? Out of the states that are solid Republican, I, I would put, move some of them, in my opinion, to leaning Republican. Which would be, uh, which would be Utah. Um, I would move that. The polling has been too close. While I do believe that he will win it probably in the end, I would still keep it a leaning Republican. I would he move would it out Texas, of the solid. Right? Texas. He, the last poll, he's up six. Yeah. I, I would move it to probably he solid. He should be 20 points ahead. Maybe even Kansas. And Kansas is I mean, another one that the polling has been oddly close in this cycle. So I would say all three of those, I would personally uh, yeah. move to, to leaning to Republican. But again, we're just going by the experts here. So 191 to 138 is where we start off this battle. Montana is not a guarantee. Montana is never a guarantee for a Republican. Yeah, yeah, they, they do occasionally. They do sometimes yeah, go yeah, Democrat. I agree, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there hasn't not been a lot of polling of Montana so far. So uh, now we go over to leaning Democrats, and this is where it gets uh, not so wonderful. Colorado, uh, a state that has been purple. It went to, to Bush one of the times, um, but it's been, you know, it's, it's leaning, it's leaning um, uh, to the, uh, the blue to side. Uh, that one, the polling Close is Hillary. really strong for Hillary right now. Yep. Michigan, I mean, come on, she's winning. Goes Michigan. to Hillary. Uh, um, Nevada goes to ne- Hillary. Nevada, most likely. It's he, Trump polls a little better uh, than some of his other states in Nevada. I don't know if that's the casino connection. He has a. They're, they're uh, familiar with those personalities, I would say, in Nevada. So he actually is polling better there in some other states. Virginia. How, wait, wait. How far ahead is Hillary, though? Uh, I could give you the exact one, but it's pretty close. It's, I want to say it's four points, maybe. He's right. within striking distance in Nevada. Okay. But again, that's only six electoral votes. Uh, Virginia, which is 13, he's being destroyed right yeah, now. He's gonna, that's going to go. Wisconsin, he's being destroyed he's right now. To... Um, Minnesota, he's not going to win Minnesota. Nope. Florida is leaning Democrat. I actually might put that in the toss-up. I, I, I think he might win Florida. He, 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 again, it's another one of those weird states where he polls he better than you would win, expect. He has to win Florida. He absolutely has to win Florida. In order to have any shot. He has to win Florida and probably Pennsylvania. Yeah, and Pennsylvania is the last one I leave here because Pennsylvania, I believe, to be the key state of this entire election. Donald Trump, you'll see this path and how difficult it is as we go through this. But without Pennsylvania, there is almost no path to victory for Donald Trump. There's one, Um, right? There's one very narrow path, and it includes picking up a bunch of states like Nevada. She has like like 1,100 paths. If she wins Pennsylvania, he's got one. If he loses. Yes, he has legitimately like one real path. I mean, you know, if he starts picking off states that no one is expecting or huge turnarounds, you know, like, for example, you're, you know, economic collapse, huge terrorist attack, external forces. And and you know what? I have to tell you, Putin wants Donald Trump in. Yeah. Putin wants Donald Trump in. Putin has been I just read a report on China and uh, and Russia. They are buying gold. They, They are buying gigantic. Gigantic safes and burying them under the ground. I mean, gigantic safes. Um, and they are buying up so much gold 
that, you know, these, these, these Swiss reserves where you buy the gold, the Swiss reserves, they keep the old gold towards the back of the room, obviously, and the new gold. The gold that they're into now was, uh, was poured in 1985. It's almost to the back of the vaults in the Swiss, okay? Meaning they are clearing out. China and Russia are cleaning out the vaults in Switzerland. They're buying billions of dollars of gold. And to me, they have dramatically gone up in an uptick on this uh, It just recently. I personally think China and Russia know they set the globe, especially Russia. Um, and, and with Russia wanting Donald Trump, I think that there is a very, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think there is a shot that somebody does what we suspect they did um, in 2009, where they ran the tables, somebody was running the markets. Mm-hmm. And remember, it was economic meltdown for the whole world. Um, do you remember? 2008, yeah. Yeah, 2008. I think there's a chance Russia runs the market uh, sometime in September or October and completely changes the dynamics of the game, which I think would make this map look entirely different. Yes. And external, it would go for Donald Trump. Yeah, external fact, you know, you, they need to be huge, I think. Huge. These are, for this state of the huge. race. Now, po- Trump had a, a, a few, he's had a couple polls recently that have looked a little bit better for him as he's maybe come off the election bounce a little bit for Hillary. Um, but again, the issue here is if we take the solid Democratic states, which are 191 electoral vo- uh, votes, and we take what we have here as leaning, and I would change a few of these, but take it as, as the experts see it right now, that's 113 electoral votes. That puts already her there. already at 304. Wow. So she could wow. lose Pennsylvania and still win under the scenario. She could lose Florida and still win the election under these scenarios. Now, we go to the, Repu- the Republican leaners, and these are, I mean, Arizona has been a pretty solid Republican state. Um, and the polling, I think, I think he'll probably win that. And hold on. Georgia, Georgia has been, I mean, I, I think that's a toss-up state right now, but we have Easy. it as leaning right now, Republican. Uh, but that's 16 electoral votes. The, the polling's been very close, and, and Clinton has been ahead in some of the polls. Missouri has been pretty good for Trump. Uh, Indiana has been pretty good for Trump. Nebraska has been pretty good for Trump. There is a, they, they split their votes a little bit, so there could be an electoral vote that Clinton could pick off there. What you notice, though, is let's say he wins every solid R, every leaning R. Okay, you got it at 191. 191. He can also win every toss-up. Still not there. Still not there. I mean, Still not there. So then you absolutely have to have uh, Florida. Let's see. Yeah, you, Florida wins, and Pennsylvania? Every solid Republican. you got to have them both, Every right? leading Republican, every toss-up, plus Florida, plus Pennsylvania. Gets you have happen. to have both of them. happen. And it's there is another way to do it. Impossible. If he goes, if he goes to um, wow, he's thirty four. So if, if he wins Florida and he picks off Nevada, he could do it that way too. Um, those are his two best paths. So Florida plus Nevada, uh, Pennsylvania plus Florida. Because if he wins, okay, Florida plus he Nevada, can lose New Hampshire, which I think he's going to. Um, that's the problem. Yeah, okay, yeah, I forgot even he's looking gonna, at the toss up. I was just New automatically Hampshire. giving. He's not going to win New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire. He's being he probably he's losing by double o- digits. He may not win Ohio. He may not win. Iowa, either. I think he's got a shot in Ohio. He has a shot in North Carolina. But again, he's trailing in some of the polls in, in North yeah. Carolina. This is a state we almost, with the exception of Barack Obama versus McCain, um, it's a reliable Republican state. 
New Hampshire is really, to me, a blue-leaning purple at this point. Absolutely. Really, Bush did well there, but since then has not done well for no. Republicans. Uh, and, uh, and Iowa is actually, a, it's, it's actually moved a little bit more uh, bluish, but he, uh, Trump is polling pretty well in Iowa. It's a pretty, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's a legit toss-up state right now. But again, he has to win all the solid Republicans, all the lean Republicans, all the toss-ups, and pick off 35 electoral votes from the leaning Democrat. You know, this, this, the race Oh, my gosh. Changes. We We're, have got to pay really attention hard. to the House and the Senate. Got to. Yeah. You know what? I, I want to make sure. Let's get the good guys where they are where they are struggling in the House and the Senate. Let's start doing interviews with those guys. Yeah, okay. In the coming weeks, let's concentrate. Instead of talking about presidential, because this is a nightmare, let's start, let's start getting the House and the Senate. Again, though, plenty of time to turn this around. He's yes. got three debates. Yes. He's got uh, yes. other external factors, and also Clinton. Remember, Clinton is terrible. Yeah. So she could she could have a huge scandal. You also have Russia with emails, and God only knows what else they do. There are a lot of external factors that can turn this way. This is not a done deal by any means. You also have, um, but it's it's not looking great at the moment. You also have yeah, but Trump. Thanks. Okay, thank that. you for that. Okay, thank so Trump, you. we can now call right. the election for Trump. Let me just uh, let me tell you about uh, Goldline. Uh, stock market keeps rising simultaneously. The value of negative yielding bonds, both government and corporate, went now. Negative yield bonds means the bonds are your safest things. Okay, we every stockbroker would tell you, oh, put them in, put them in bonds, put them in in uh, state bonds because they're great, or or put them in treasury bills because that's like cash back, and you get you get money. You know, you're going to make the interest. No, no, no. These are negative yielding bonds. So this is put your money in the state of Texas, but it's a negative yield. Now, it's not that way here, but um, uh, that means you lose money on your investment. You're guaranteed to lose money on your investment. You are paying somebody to hold your money that will guarantee to give you that money a little bit less back to you in five years. Okay, that's what it that's what it means. Right now, a quarter of the global economy has negative interest rates. That means a quarter of all the money that's invested is being put in negative yielding bonds. That is insane. That's insane. What do investors know that you don't know? Call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Mercury. Eight 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 seven two seven Beck. Uh, man, oh man, no. uh, Pat was just saying in the break that there's just no way. There's no, there's no path here for him, unless I mean, unless Russia, unless yes. there's, unless there's um, yes. terrorist activity, barring any kind of any really of that, extreme right. event. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a path. But if it's just, I, I will tell you, I think he has one silver bullet in his gun. One that could change things without causing, you know, massive, you know, unless massive arrest, uh, you know, um, uh, unrest or, you know, domestic terrorism or war or Russia. And or, what is that? I think it's Roger Ailes. 
Roger Ailes. Do what for? He's gonna. Roger Ailes. Ailes gonna get has a very good finger on the pulse of the American people. I I think. But if if he is, if Trump is smart, he will listen to everything Roger Ailes tells him, and he will do it. And there's a chance. Win that for him, though. No, it's not speeches. It's the debate. He could go on. You think he gets him so prepared for a debate? That he can I think Roger Ailes people in Florida and Pennsylvania. I think Roger Ailes would love to leave Fox News and then be known historically as the man who put Trump in office. Oh, you know he who would. left Fox News <laughs> oh, yeah. and then would. became the guy who took a, a, a made a guy president a, made a guy president who everyone said could not be president. I think that would be the crown jewel in his in his court. No question and. I think he'd be motivated to do that. Whether he agrees with him or not, he'd be motivated to do that. And if Donald Trump listens to Roger Ailes, that is a, a uh, that's a that's a silver bullet that might change this board if nothing else changes.